Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. What does it feel like to be drafted by the Miami Marlins? Where is God in the pursuit to compete at the highest level? How does grounding in faith and trust in God's Word provide focus to steward the gifts one has received? Today, we talk to Caleb Worcester, who speaks of discovery, talent, achievement, and persistence while relying on the Lord's strength. We pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Radio Show is to lead you, dear friend, to Jesus Christ, for you to know that there is always hope in Jesus, no matter What you're facing, no matter what you're going through right now, always hope in Jesus. You say, Danny, why? Well, Jesus loves you so much. He died on the cross for your sins. He shed his blood on that cross. He was buried, yes, but three days later, he rose again from the grave. And and the living Christ, who has touched the heart and life of Caleb Worcester, is reaching out to you. And it's our prayer that you would open your heart to the Lord and and receive him in your heart as your Savior and Lord if you have not yet done so. Turn from your way to God's way. That's called repentance. And my friend, if you already know the Lord, well, this is a good time to be built up, to be edified, boosted in the Lord. Caleb Worcester was born in Brockton, Massachusetts and grew up in Coventry, Rhode Island a left-handed pitcher for the University of Connecticut Huskies. He majored in environmental engineering. He was drafted in the 15th round by the Miami Marlins in 2021. He is the son of Mark and Kimberly Worcester. He has four brothers and two sisters. Caleb, welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. I'm very excited to be here. So I mentioned Coventry. Say a little bit more. Where in Rhode Island did you grow up? Mm, yeah, so I, I did grow up in Coventry. Uh, it's kind of dead center in Rhode Island. Um, grew up on a farm, funny enough. Uh, was homeschooled. All my siblings were homeschooled, actually, up until high school. Uh, we kind of all shift out then. Um, but grew up, on a, grew up on a farm in Coventry, Rhode Island, fairly rural area. A um, lot of hard work, a lot of time spent together as siblings and, and family, obviously, being homeschooled. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it built me into the man that I am today. Um, you know, just just learning the rewards of hard work, um, and not only that, but just when hard work is necessary. Uh, you know, when those when those buckets freeze over, and you know those those chickens and those cows need water, there's no excuse. There's no uh, there's no giving it up. There's no neglecting those those other lives. You got to do what you got to do. Um, and I think that's shaped me into my man into the man that I am today, and and how I approach uh, all my work. Who would you say influenced you most in your growing up years? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think my father was probably one of my biggest influences uh, throughout my life. Uh, obviously, I had influences different sections of my life for different uh, personality traits and character traits that I've acquired over the years. Uh, but I would say that my father was the main driving force in, in my influence. Uh, he he never said quit, never said die. Uh, he's he's always been one of the hardest workers that I know. Um, and, and if there was anything more that he could ever do for his family, he did it. Uh, and, and it didn't get lost to myself or anybody in my family, and I'm, I'm sure of that. Um, he's, he's a great man. He's a great man of faith. Um, he's taught me my faith. He's, he's taught me uh, the strength in, in being in the Word and, and surrounding yourself with like-minded people, like-minded uh, men and women in Christ who will hold you up, hold you accountable. Um, there, there's no replacement for that. Um, you speak about your faith. Your father influenced you in that way, mm-hmm. introduced you to Christ. and you, you, you grew up in a rather unique environment yeah I did homeschooling in what way did your journey to Christ in what way was that enhanced by the surroundings your siblings Mm. growing up on a farm what was it like uh, your journey well I think just the the general lessons of you know accountability um, respect for life uh, love for life um, those are kind of just reinforced with, you know, living on a farm, like I said, taking care of other living, loving, living things. Um, but then as far as the siblings, just constantly having to deal with, um, you know, that we, we weren't always perfect together. Uh, we, we always had, we had struggles. We had, we had great times too, but we, we did have fights. We had, um, difficulties getting along at times. Um, so it was just kind of, it was a direct testimony to how applying what Jesus teaches in in dealing with others uh, it it doesn't get lost on your siblings it's it's the same for people outside of your house as it is for people inside your house and when it seems like the people inside the house is the the hardest to get along with it seemed like you know that the hardest challenge was there in front of you all the time um, and I'm, I'm very happy to say that my siblings are my absolute best friends today I obviously I wouldn't trade them for the world but uh, I can truly say that outside of being my siblings, that they are my best friends. Um, and I think it's it just kind of ties into the whole idea of, uh, you know, how it's possible to have a relationship with God, how it's possible to have love for God is that he, he made us imperfect. He made us so that we had the opportunity to not always uh, do what we're told, do what's right, do what's best for us, um, and that we can stray from him. But that when we choose to be with him, when we choose to love him, um, same as our siblings, same as our family, uh, the reward for that is exponential. It's, it's next to nothing. How did you discover your passion for sports? Mm. So I would say uh, just growing up and playing in the backyard, you know, uh, whether we were fighting, getting along, whatever it was, sports was always something we were doing. We were constantly competing in the backyard, whether it be wiffle ball or, uh, you know, touch football which always ended up more into tackle football uh but um you know just just the constant desire to compete um in in a healthy fashion with my siblings uh that was that was the growing factor for my love for sports and uh on top of that just being able to not only love it but love the work that goes into it um and and perfecting your craft uh 
there, there's there's no better feeling than going out there and knowing that you can, whether it be in the backyard or between the lines for real, knowing that you can bring the best that you can uh, to help your team win. There, there's nothing like it. I'm thinking about touch football. Mm. If, if, if in touch football, if you just touch someone a little bit too hard, then it turns into tackle. It very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. How did baseball emerge out of your love for sports in general? Mm-hmm. So that's a that's an interesting uh, story because I didn't always think I was going to be a baseball player. In fact, uh, I, I, I always loved baseball. I started playing when I was, you know, in the backyard, obviously, but started playing organized when I was about six years old, whatever that was, T-ball or single A or whatever it was, um, and, you know, worked my way through it. But um, come high school time uh, was the first time I got to play football. Uh, we'd always done it in the backyard, but my parents kind of wanted us to hold off until we were maybe a little bit more developed, a little more prone uh, not prone to injury. Um, so freshman year of high school was my first year of playing football, and I fell in love with it. And uh, uh, what I loved most about it, too, was sometimes in baseball, it doesn't really work the way it does in, in other sports where there's a direct translation frequently in football and, and some other sports where the work you put in is what you get out of it. Um, and that's not always the case in baseball. You can, you can chip away at something for a very long time. You can work at it for a very long time and never really see any real improvement. And, and that didn't seem to be the case in football. Um, that it seemed like if you dedicated this amount of hours every single day to your work, you would be that much better the next practice time. And so I loved that. I, I loved uh, getting into shape. I wasn't always in the best. Sh- I was, you know, somewhat athletic growing up, but I wasn't always in the best shape. And so football got me in really good shape. And um, I went out for quarterback and because uh, I always like to throw the ball. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, no go, for, no go for quarterback. Uh, but uh, I tried my hand at, at slot receiver and uh, some safety, and I did very well, um, progressed very quickly, had some, some coaches um, and some friends train me in the offseason. Uh, and, and made some, some leaps, uh, both speed-wise and uh, mentality-wise. Um, and I decided that I actually wanted to go play college football um, about, my, about halfway through my junior year. Started to explode on the field, started to play rather well, um, and decided that, you know, I think this is what I want to do for my next, uh, you know, next chapter. Um, fast forward to my senior year of high school, I was named captain, um, was having an outstanding uh, summer and, and off season. Um, we had a scrimmage, uh, had a very good scrimmage. You know, a lot of catches, a lot of intercept uh, interceptions. And uh, while we were scrimmaging, I actually I was tackled from behind and, and broke my collarbone. Um, and so everything kind of got flipped on its head because this is now my my last season. I've got some schools looking at me, but they're telling me, you know, we need to see now. We need to see the real the real shebang, you know, the real season. Um, and so I, I was prepared for it. And uh, all of a sudden, it seemed to crumble away. And at the time, uh, you know, my my walk with God was was starting to dwindle a little bit. And I was starting to kind of waver from my faith. And, um, you know, the questions of, you know, God, why are you doing this? Those those came to the forefront. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have the parents that I do, that they were able to keep their heads on straight when mine wasn't. Um, and so they knew that I still wanted to play football. So instead of looking at, at universities, we decided to start looking at, at preparatory schools at a fifth year of high school. Um, so I looked around New England a little bit. We applied to a few different schools, and I was blessed to go to Suffield Academy on a full ride um, to play football and baseball. Uh, you know, 
couldn't couldn't just do one sport. They actually require that you do something, you know, every some every trimester. But as a postgraduate, I didn't need to do something in the winter. So you know, football and baseball was enough. So I went to Southfield Academy. Had the time of my life. Uh, trained very very hard. Had a great season. Had some schools looking at me. Had some offers. And realized that this is not what I wanted to do. I I can't tell you the specific moment or or what the specific instance was that made me just dis- make that decision. Um, actually, you know what, now that I think about it, I think, I think it was probably, I got banged up a little bit on the field, uh, and it was in my left arm and it was kind of then, then that I was like, okay, well, I, I can't, I can't do both forever. This is, this is the realization that one way or another, whether it's because of injury or because I'm going to have to pour myself into one over the other, I'm going to have to decide one. And I really, it didn't come down to the question of which one I love more because I loved them both. It was which one could I live without? Which one could I live without? You're listening to Caleb Worcester. In fact, you can find out more about Caleb. You can get in touch with Caleb on Instagram at Caleb underscore W921. Again, at Caleb underscore W921. Have you ever asked the question, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me. Perhaps you've asked that in the past. Maybe you're asking that right now. When we come back from our break, Caleb will share more with his journey, his decisions. He banged up his left arm. <laughs> that became a point of concern. He had to think deeper. He had to process a little bit more. His mom and dad were gracious and they perceived the need for an extra year at a postgrad at Suffield Academy, there may be a pause button for you in life. And in this pause moment right now, a word from the Lord through Caleb. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, beneath the barren sky. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. In 2021 with the Yukon Huskies, Caleb Worcester made the All Big East first team, ABCA second team Northeast All Region. He was an NCBWA Stopper of the Year watch list. His 67 appearances ranks 10th. In Yukon Husky history, Yukon Husky baseball. You're listening to the Good Life Radio Show. 
and podcast. Danny Yamashiro here with Caleb Worcester. Thanks for joining us. If you're tuning in right now or maybe caught the tail end of the last segment, look, you can get this program in its entirety. Go to drdanny.live, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe to this program. These will come to you, available for you. But get Caleb Worcester. And you can find out more about Caleb and get in touch with him at Caleb underscore W921 on Instagram. Caleb, take us back. Your decision at a critical time as your faith was both being shaken and maybe I should say also being strengthened as Mm. it often is in the weakness, our strength gets stronger. Say more. Yeah, so... I, uh, I hit a crossroads in my life where I needed to pour myself into, into one thing um, and it, it turned to what could I live without and it, football was the answer that I could live without and so I decided to pour myself into baseball, had a great season, uh, was still seemingly though mentally without God. Um, I was working very, very hard. Uh, I've, like I said, I've always done my best to work very hard but um, I'd never really reached that next year because I was kind of doing it for myself. I was doing it for... Um, you know, selfish reasons. But I had a great year at Suffield Academy. Uh, I was uh, still uncommitted to any school. Uh, and Jim Penders came out, the, the head coach for University of Connecticut, saw me pitching a game and um, had me come on campus where he told me that he didn't have a roster spot, spot for me. He didn't have any kind of scholarship or anything, um, but that he wanted me to try to walk on um, and that he thought I would excel there. So I did. Uh, I, took, I took a leap of faith. Um, I felt like, you know, even though my walk with God wasn't where it needed to be, that um, the steps in my life, the circumstances in my life keep leading me to this. Um, and it seemed kind of inevitable. It seemed like it seemed like where God had me going. So d- despite my maybe faith, um, I realized that this is maybe the, the best next steps for me regardless. Uh, so I went to University of Connecticut. I was redshirted my freshman year because I wasn't, I was, you know, I was doing okay, but still had a lot to learn. Um, finished that year, and uh, that was probably the furthest that I got from God was was towards the end of that year, leading into that summer of, of 2018. Um, I played for the Brockton Rocks that summer. Uh, uh, what is that? The Futures Collegiate League. Um, and I had a very subpar summer uh, simply because of my lack of focus, simply because I was allowing worldly things uh, to, to catch my attention uh, instead of the things that really mattered, uh, specifically hard work, dedication, all the things that would make a good athlete. So I, uh, midsummer was actually when I met my fiance, um, who I love very much, very excited, where we just passed the the one year to date of our marriage next December. So December 9th next year. What very is excited. her name? This is Jillian Rasso. Um, and so I met her through a friend of mine on the team. She came to one of the games, and um, it was it was while knowing her very shortly after meeting her, actually, that we were, you know, uh, dating, and um, I had a complete breakdown. Uh, I, can, I can tell you when it was. I, I remember driving home, talking to her on the phone, actually, and uh, there was nothing I, I couldn't tell you what we were talking about because it wasn't even important. But I remember just feeling just the absolute weight of the world on my shoulders, feeling like if I was going to be any kind of man to a, a woman worthwhile having, um, that I needed to get my life straight, that I needed to get my head on right, um, 
that I needed to regain my relationship with God. And I just felt like I was so far from that, that I just broke down crying. And I, I, she, uh, you know, she's had her own struggles, but she had no idea why I was, why I was dealing with this. Um, and so I kind of told her just, I've never felt further from God. And that's always been a huge piece of my life. And I think that's where I need to get back to. And although she, she did know God and she had her own relationship with God, I think she would, you know, testify that she didn't have like the closest relationship with God either. Um, but she, she told me, she, she said, Caleb, I think you're absolutely right. I think you need to regain your relationship with God. And I think, uh, I think that's going to be what's going to get you back, back going where you need to be going. So I got myself in the word, got myself in prayer, uh, took myself out of the situations that were constantly pulling me away from God, influencing me poorly. Uh, and I came back that fall at University of Connecticut and uh, was still basically because I had wasted that whole summer the same athlete that I had been the following the previous fall. Um, and so I, I played fall ball and, and we competed. And again, I came up short. And at the end of the fall, we had our exit meetings before we left for Christmas break. And the coaches basically told me that I was the 36th man on a 35 man roster. So there was no place for me. And uh, they still liked me as a kid. They knew I worked hard um, and they, they didn't want to shoo me away, but they knew that it was difficult financially for me to be at UConn. They offered for me to transfer. So uh, I said I needed some time to think about it. I went home that weekend and talked with my parents about it. And uh, my parents had some excellent advice, but I, I remember specifically what my father said. He said, um, you, you're not even supposed to be at University of Connecticut. You thought you were going to go play college football at a, at a NESCAC or a, an Ivy League school, and here you're at a Division One program on a baseball that never would be, um, simply because you've allowed God's plan to carry out. He said, uh, do not pull that jersey off your back and give it to them. Make them, make them tear it off your body. Um, he said, go, go work, your, work your tail off this offseason and, and make them make the hard decision. So that's what I did. Um, and that, that winter, I... You know, I, I decided that I was going to swallow my pride. I wasn't going to be the guy that threw hard. I, you know, I always threw over the top as a left-handed pitcher and never threw very hard. And I, I kept that. And um, I had seen some other guys go some routes where, you know, they, they switched up arm slots. They would throw from down low and up top and mix up pitches and timings. And, I said, you know what, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy that just gets outs. I'm going to be the guy that attacks hitters and uh, what to do to get outs. So I started I a lot and I started throwing sidearm in addition to over the top and partner Kenneth House. Uh, I remember he told me, he's, he's like, Caleb, looks like it's coming out so fast. I was like, well, it's, you know, it's just down low. It looks like it. he's like, no, I think it's I think it's coming out harder. So I got back in the spring and, um, you know, over the top, I was, you know, 82, 84, 85 miles an hour. And from the side, I was about 84, 87. And my coaches, you know, it, it brought some attention, especially because I didn't even have an off-speed pitch and, and nobody could hit me right away. And uh, Jim Penders came up to me. He's, how about next time we do our, your live outing, let's let's have you do just sidearm. So I, I worked at that and I was even better the next time, throwing even harder. Um, and, and as I went, I progressed, um, throwing harder, more command, uh, finally developed an off-speed pitch. And where I had been redshirted the year before, um, and obviously had because I'd been redshirted, never been uh, on the list of players that would that would go for that first trip, um, that first away trip. Um, I wasn't I wasn't I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know the kind of the line of things. Um, and so as as the spring training kind of came to an end, I remember Coach Pender saying, you know, pointing out the guys. Well, how many trips did you make last year? I made three trips last year. How many trips did you, I made every trip last year? And he came to me, Caleb. How many trips did you make last year? 
non-coach. I didn't make any, I was redshirted. And he said, and, and that's a guy that we're going to be counting on for big outs this year is, is a guy who wasn't even on a single trip last year. Um, so I went out that year and God bless. I was able to have a very good season. <clears throat> uh, I set the single season appearance record at UConn with, uh, gosh, I don't even remember. It was either 36 or 37 appearances. Um, had a breakout year. Got to pitch in the summer uh, in, in the Cape League, um, which was just an absolute blessing for the Falmouth Commodores. Had a great time there. Um, but even still, you know, my faith constantly wavering. You know, um, when it would be bad, I would I would call out to God. When things would be good, I would, uh, you know, I'd start to forget. I'd start to forget where where all these good things were coming from, not only just by the blessings of God, but just by the, you know, how it works. You know, God, God teaches us what he teaches us, not just because he's, like, laying down rules. He, he teaches what, what he teaches us because he knows that if we're doing those things, it's going to be the best for us. And I was pulling myself from that constantly. Um, so I, it was this constant wave of back and forth with my relationship with God. Um, we had the COVID year, so I, I got to spend a lot of time at home. And that was that was incredible, um, having having been gone for so long. Um, but you know, was able to rebuild my relationship with God over that time period. And obviously, I've had my ups and downs since then. Um, but was able to kind of get my head on straight and realize that what I was working for was not just for myself. Um, you know, God calls us to be servants uh, of the world and uh, to do everything. You know, do do things as Jesus did it. And Jesus never did anything half-hearted. He he poured himself into everything he did. He gave the best sermons. He 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 did the best healings. He created the best miracles. Um, and I realized that if I wasn't taking the gifts that he'd given me and applying them to my best of my abilities, that I was just I was being a waste. Um, and I, I couldn't handle that. Well, Caleb. As you mentioned your father mm. and your mother as you were going through this process of decision making, do you leave UConn thirty you're the thirty sixth man on a thirty five man roster. Right. And you had other plans. You you could have gone somewhere else, but your father your your father lays it out. Make them rip the jersey off of you. <laughs> I wanna know what that felt like inside because whatever it felt like it propelled you god used that to keep your feet to the fire right and to drill down even more certainly character certainly building in faith building in a steadiness a work ethic someone today as we said going into our last break may be asking the question God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? And yet today, Caleb, through your father's wisdom, God's blessing, mm. you're in a different place. You didn't go away. You stayed in. And perhaps today, my friend, the Lord is reminding us that though our instinct is to flee, to move to another place, the deeper well will be drilled by our sticking to where the Lord has us. It could be that, that the Lord might be suggesting, maybe suggesting strongly in our lives and in our hearts today. Imagine what God can do when we come back from our break. Imagine what God can do when we grow where we're planted. Imagine the beauty Imagine the fragrance 
Well, we might not be able to imagine very much right now or smell very much. But just imagine that God can do greater things than we could ever think or ask. Stay with us. More from Caleb Worcester. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team each month you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Yes, in 2017, Caleb Worcester was the Pitcher of the Year and Team MVP after an undefeated season on the Hill for Suffield Academy. He was an all-conference performer and team captain for the football and track team. He helped lead his high school football team to an undefeated state championship season in 2015. You talk about NESCAC, Ivy League potential, member of the National Honor Society in English, French, and Latin. But he ends up at University of Connecticut, the baseball team. The coach said, hey, walk on, walk on. Let's see what happens. And after fall ball, he gets word. 36 man on a 35-man roster but his father gave him a word. No, you aren't to leave. You ought to drill down. You ought to pay the price even more. A lesson of faith, yes. It led to being drafted by the Miami Marlins a few years later. We have Caleb Worcester with us. You can get in touch with him. You can find out more about him on Instagram at Caleb underscore W. 921 again at Caleb underscore W921. Fast forward a little bit, Caleb. Where were you when you were drafted by the Miami Marlins? Yeah, I was I was sitting in my living room. Uh, a lot of my family was over. Was waiting for the waiting for the call. Wasn't sure when it was going to come. Uh, I didn't think it was going to come on day 1. You know, those are the the top draft draft picks and realistically I knew I wasn't in that you know niche um but second day was a possibility uh still didn't get a call i I had some calls uh offers for you know smaller amounts of money for being you know a top 10 draft pick uh, but nothing ever came of it and so it was on that third day you know fairly nervous you know only 20 rounds it wasn't what it was in years past with with 40 plus rounds there there wasn't a ton of, of room uh, and even though I could have been signed afterwards, that's always a possibility. It just seems like as, as one pick after the other ticks away, it just seems like your dream's kind of ticking away. 
Um, and I remember I had my phone on. Obviously, I had the ringer on. I've got the Twitter notifications for the whole draft. Um, and I had been holding going to the bathroom for quite a while. And uh, I finally said, you know, I can't wait anymore. I need to go to the bathroom. They're all, my whole family shouting at me, you can't go now. Like, you, you might get picked in just a second. I, 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 it'll take two seconds. I'll be right back. I got my phone on me. The ringer's on. If they call me, I'll, I'll answer it. So I go to the bathroom, and I come back out. And my, my now fiance uh, goes, Caleb, you were drafted by the Marlins. And I was like, good one. You know, haha. Like, I didn't get a call. I didn't get a text or anything. Good one. And she's like, no, we just saw your name on the board. Like, it just popped up. And I was like, what are you talking about? So we come over to the TV, and she rewinds it, and, and my name pops up for the Marlins. And then, you know, within two seconds of me actually seeing it, I get the call. And so I answer, and Caleb, uh, we just picked you as a, as a Miami Marlins. What are your thoughts? And I'm just ecstatic. Um, nothing but pure joy. I can't, I, like, I can't even paint the picture of that moment exactly because it was just like, eyes closed, just pure euphoria that I felt like I just kind of, even though there was so much more to do, there was so much more ground to cover. It just felt like I had hit the milestone that I was reaching for it. And that, and that meant the absolute world to me. Um, but it was, it was a, you know, bittersweet's probably not the right, the right term because it was, it was all sweet in the moment, but there is that, that creeping in the back of my mind that, it, that I knew, you just signed up for a heck of a lot more, <laughs> you know, um, there, you, what, what you thought was a lot of work is nothing in comparison to what you needed to gear up for. Um, let, let, yeah. let, let's take a moment here just to reflect back on that conversation with your dad and mom mm. that kept you at UConn. It was, I remember sitting there, um, honestly ashamed that, that I had not done enough, that I was coming to this point that I had to make a decision of, yeah, you're at the doorstep. You're either getting kicked out or, or you're going somewhere else, whatever it was. It, it wasn't a good position. Um, and I felt a little bit ashamed to be coming home in that position, knowing that, uh, you know, my family had made sacrifices, that my, my parents had financially made sacrifices for me to go there seemingly for an opportunity that didn't pan out. Um, and so I, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect in that conversation. And how many years from the, the, the day you got drafted, how many years before was that pivotal decision that you made? Two years. Two years before. Okay, a two-year window. Yep, two years. So that was, uh, I'm sorry, three years, right? Because that was 2018. I was drafted 2021. So I guess it was almost 2019. It was 2018, the, the Christmas break of 2018, whatever. Two, two and a half years. Two and a half years, sure. Um, and uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to expect in the conversation. I, I thought maybe that when I brought it to my parents that it'd be, you know, yeah, you're right, Caleb, we can't afford it. Uh, let's look for another school that you can play at that's maybe a little closer, that's maybe a little cheaper, um, that's maybe a little more academically geared. Um, and that's, I was, I was met with a very different response, obviously, that it was, no, Caleb, dig your heels in, make them strip that away from you because we have full confidence, even though I didn't have full confidence at the time, that you are there because God put you there. A galvanizing moment. Mm. So two and a half years later, you get drafted. Yes. Bittersweet, you say, euphoria. Euphoria. And then the grind. What is the grind? What, what, what is that, hmm. and what has it been like? So in season's a little bit different than the off season. I would, I would almost 
uh, describe the grind as the off season. You know, in season is very difficult, and there's a lot going on. But it's it's really just um, you know showing up with what you the work you've done prior. Um, obviously, you need to get yourself ready for that given day. You know, warm ups, exercises, stretches, the, the laundry list of of what you need to do before you can put on a uniform. And day be ready. in, day out, every single day. Every single day besides one a week. Uh, that's what we were. That's what we were given. One off day a week. So six days of games. Um, you know, with rainouts sometimes it'd be double headers. So just a lot of baseball. So you, if you're not taking care of your body, you you know about it fairly quickly. Um, and if you didn't take care of your body in the off season, which is why I call it the grind. Um, you really know about it very quickly because you can do everything you want to in season. But if you didn't put that work in and prepare your body for, you know, six, seven months of consistent baseball, uh, your body's going to deteriorate. So, uh, you know, you do what you can on those given days to prepare yourself, but it really, it goes back to what you do in the off season. One of my favorite sayings at UConn was put the hay in the barn. Um, and it's just kind of the idea of those parables of, you know, you got the hard winter ahead. Do you, do you collect, do you, do you forage and put it away or do you do you spend the whole summer, you know, playing and, and having fun? And, and obviously there's a time and a place for everything. But um, being able to put the hay in the barn, uh, it doesn't guarantee success, but it absolutely guarantees the opportunity for success. Because then when you're afforded that opportunity, you never feel like you cheated the system. And, and I, I've had that feeling before where you step up to that big moment. And although you've been granted this incredible opportunity for success and, and you know, even glory, um, that there's that nagging in the back of your mind that you didn't deserve this, that you didn't put the work in to allow this. Um, and I've known that feeling and I've done everything that I can since to prevent that feeling so that when I'm presented with that big opportunity, with that big moment, I know, yes, I need to execute in the moment. Yes, it's, I'm not guaranteed the success, but I've done everything that I can looking back to put myself in this position and grant myself success um, when that moment does come. Have there been role models for you in the professional, on the professional level to help carry that along, remind you of things, especially in relation to your faith perspective? Yeah, definitely. Um, this year, I would say we're, you know, the first year there wasn't a ton of that. I was kind of still getting to know everybody. Um, you're just, you're a new fish in, in a big, big pond. Um, so you're kind of you're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to show that you work hard, um, but there's really not a ton else going on. Fast forward to you know the 2022 season, uh, my first full season. I'm finally starting to get like you know I get to know these guys. I've got my my group of guys that I like to you know fall back to. Um, we've got a Bible study that happens on Sunday mornings uh, before games, um, and those are the guys that I would say frequently we held each other up. And um, you know when we had difficulties, when we had struggles, or even just you know just a good conversation. You know those are the guys you want to bounce things off. You know like-minded, um, you know Jesus following Jesus following men, um, and you you some of the not even just most, most talented, but just the hardest working, most respectable gentlemen on the teams um, with those guys who are sitting next to me in the Bible study. Um, and I don't think that's a, you know, a coincidence. And I'm not saying that people outside of that were not respectable and kind men as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it is harder to find that consistency outside of, outside of the faith. Um, and so I've, you know, as a default, had, had my brothers in Christ um, and they were, you know, we would hold each other up. We would talk about 
anything from baseball to faith, whether it was hypothetical in faith, we would talk about, you know, the Tower of Babel and, you know, all the mystical stuff that happened happening there. And we would talk about our, you know, our pitch delivery, everything and everything in between. Um, and so I wouldn't say it was really any one person that we would look uh, that I would look up to as a, as a role model because we were kind of, for the most part, on the same playing field. Um, but instead of a role model, I would just say, you know, just a tier that you have to hold yourself up to that's constantly around you of all these guys that also hold themselves to the same standard that it's, you know, it's not just me holding myself to a standard. It's me looking around at all the other men holding themselves to a standard that's like, OK, yeah, it's it's not just enough to hold myself to a standard. You need to hold yourself to the proper standard. Um, and I like the idea of having a role model, but, you know, you're never you're never going to achieve your role model, in my in my opinion, you're never going to achieve your role model. So pick your role model well. Don't pick somebody that you want to settle at or be less than. Pick somebody that you could never reach, and that's why you know Jesus is a great role model. And I think that's something that we all had in common in that group of guys was, um, you know, we didn't we didn't emulate one player or one uh, you know way to play the game. It was just emulate Jesus and do do it how he would do it, and that it's just going to pan out the best way it could for you. Not that it'll take you to the big leagues or take you to the Hall of Fame, but whatever the best path for you is, that's how you're going to get there. Thank you, Caleb, for, for giving us a glimpse, letting us peek in uh, what professional athletes think, and what, it, what, what you process, as believers even, right. how you hold yourself to that standard together. You're listening to Caleb Worcester, Instagram at Caleb underscore W921. You can find out more. You can get in touch with him there when we come back from our break in our final segment. Amidst the grind, amidst the opportunities, preparing for that moment, not cheating, not cheating, not relying on just talent, on gifts. When he stands on the hill, ready to deliver a pitch, He's preparing, but has he faced difficult times that he hasn't mentioned just yet? Caleb Worcester sharing heart to heart with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. A police officer found a girl crying on the sidewalk one day. What's wrong, he asked. I'm lost, she said. Do you have your parents' phone number? He asked. No, she said. What about your address? No, she began to sob. Suddenly, she stopped, and her eyes brightened. What happened? The officer asked. I remember, she said. There's a church near my house, and at the top of the church, there's a cross. Take me to the cross. Take me to the cross, because when I see the cross, I'll be able to find my way home. My friend, if you feel like you've lost your way, turn to the cross, the cross of Jesus who died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Will you turn to Jesus? Open your heart to Him and find your way home to God. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny 
a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Caleb Worcester is a professional athlete drafted in the 15th round by the Miami Marlins. His love for baseball has taken him to new levels and also deepened him in commitment, character, and faith. He knows what it's like to feel the euphoria of seeing his name on the board and his fiancée Jillian saying, did you see it? Did you see it? You just got drafted. But does he face times when, uh, or in his life, has he faced challenging moments that you could relate to? That's what we're here. We're asking in this final moment, and we'll spend some time talking about spiritual matters more deeply and even having a time of prayer. But Caleb, have what? how has the Lord helped you through difficult times? I think you can start right with, uh, you know, Romans 5, 8. Uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that was, that was the biggest piece of encouragement uh, whenever I did walk away from God, knowing that um, God didn't come to save the, the, right, the, the self-righteous frequently. It is, but... Um, he came to, to save the ones in need. He came to save those who were struggling, and that was myself. Um, one of the biggest things I would struggle with, I found, was, uh, you know, once once I got to professional baseball, and even in college baseball, you know, you make a name for yourself. You find a good group of guys. You hang out with those guys. Um, but nobody's perfect, uh, myself included. And uh, I, I would frequently find myself in the presence of maybe poor influences of, of falling short of, of what Jesus would influence us as. Um, and, you know, fast forwarding to, you know, pro ball, there's just so many cool guys, you know, it's just that there's so much talent. There's so much, uh, there, um, you're just kind of in awe of it a little bit, even though, you know, I was part of it. Um, you know, you get this feeling that it's like, holy cow, like these guys are incredible. Um, and it maybe takes away from the fact that you forget that they're not perfect. You forget that. Uh, they have shortcomings as well. They have struggles in their own lives. And you start to measure yourself by the people around you. Um, and that can be a very dangerous game when the people around you are not holding themselves to the same standard that, you know, we try to hold ourselves to. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get to know guys and uh, the idea, the, the feeling of wanting to fit in, the idea of wanting to be another professional athlete who's cool, who's accomplished, um, it takes over a little bit and it, and it takes some serious combatants to push that down and know that, you know, as incredible as it all is, um, it's about, it, it's not about playing baseball. Life is not about, uh, you know, being on the diamond. It's about being a servant for God. Um, you know, there were many times when I wasn't doing that because I was allowing the superficialities of how cool it was to be a professional athlete and be with other professional athletes kind of take over a little bit. Um, and so kind of just something I learned uh, along the way was that, you know, people talk a lot and they don't necessarily know what they're talking about. It's just something that they've experienced or felt or it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Um, and, you know, Jesus influenced so many, not because he spoke the loudest or spoke the most, but because when he spoke, he spoke truth. Um, and so as the season went on, 
I, I realized that, you know, as I said, my relationship with God has gone up and down and I've allowed myself to walk away and come running back into his arms several times. Um, and, and most recently, I would say, was this per- first professional season where, you know, I went in, I felt like with a really good head on my shoulders and as, as success started to come my way, um, I started to allow the, you know, the pats on my back and, and the other cool influences in my life kind of take over. And I was pushing, pushing what I knew I should be doing and how I should be acting uh, to the side and obviously still working hard because, um, you know, I knew that I had something more that I was working for. That never, once I learned that, that, that luckily never left me, that I knew that I was working for something bigger. Um, but just the influences and kind of how I carried myself started to dwindle. It started to, you know, uh, vary in, in ways that I'm not proud of. Um, and so it took a point of, you know, another, another point of where I had walked away from God I felt the lack of his presence and I just felt how empty that was. And I felt how, how even as incredible as being a professional athlete is being surrounded by all these, you know, quote unquote, cool guys. Um, it still felt like I was, I felt like I was a million miles from myself. I felt like I was living, living a life while watching myself live a life instead of actually being the one with the hands on the wheel doing what I knew needed, know needed to be done. Um, and so it took, it took a point of some serious self-reflection of what, what, what do I want from this? Is this, is the goal to make it to the majors and make a bunch of money and, and be, you know, uh, just a, a, another wealthy athlete? Like, is that the goal here? Because that seems pretty shallow and empty. Um, and I knew, like, I've always known in my heart of hearts that, that Jesus is the purpose. Jesus is the way. But it was just all these things getting in the way, all these cool little knickknacks and toys and influences in my life that were, you know, pulling me from that. Um, and so, like I said, it took it took some deep self-reflection to realize that I wanted I wanted to start giving back because I've, I had always thought like, you know, oh, I'll make it to the majors. I'll make a ton of money and I'll give it all back. I'll, I'll do mission trips or whatever. And that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to live like Jesus in our daily lives, not once we get the money, once we get the house, once we get the fill in the blank. He calls us to live like him every single day. And I realized that between looking too far down the road and allowing the influences right in front of me, you know, dictate how I acted, I was pulling myself from that. I wasn't allowing myself to live like Christ daily. And so I made a decision that, you know what, these other guys are very cool and I'm not going to cut them out of my life because I think they need good influences in their lives, but I'm not going to let them be the negative influence in my life. I'm going to be the good influence in their life. And so I started to, I started to take ownership of my faith in a new way that I'd never had before. Um, I got in the word almost every single day. Uh, every single day I was listening to one of my favorite, uh, preachers, pastors, ministers, uh, Erwin McManus, uh, of Mosaic Church. Um, just, he, he's just got a wealth of knowledge, um, constantly, constantly just speaking truth, uh, from, from the mouth of, from the mouth of Jesus. Um, and I just, I allowed myself to just be a sponge once again, like I had been in my earlier years learning Christianity for the first time. I allowed myself to transfer back to that mode of, I don't know enough. Um, and, and one of my favorite things that Erwin says is, is as we grow, our faith has to grow with us. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces for me was that realization was that what I knew, 
what I had learned, what I had felt at a younger age was great and it shouldn't be discounted. Let's take that now. Yeah. As you share, turn that into a prayer mm. for someone listening that's been following along or maybe just tuned in right now but is asking the Lord for an encouragement, mm. a movement in their life, maybe a breakthrough right. as you've experienced breakthroughs right. as you draw near to the Lord, a prayer. Mm. Yeah. Dear God, we come before you um, knowing that we will always sh fall short of, of who you are um, and what you ask of us, but knowing that you love us regardless. Um, God, I pray you just not let our gifts be wasted and understand that um, as all the evil in the world, that we are supposed to be the light. We talk about, we talk about the world as an evil place, as a secular place, and, and we almost deem it as, you know, that's a, it's an irreversible motion. It's an unstoppable force. But God, you are the unstoppable force. So I pray that you fill us with that mode, with that idea that we are the influencers. We are the ones that will go out looking like you, talking like you, sounding like you, so that others may see us and see you through us. God, we don't want our talents to be wasted, and we certainly don't want them for our own selfish gain. I pray that you use our talents, our gifts, our work ethic to reflect what Jesus did on earth and what God does in heaven for us every single day. Pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Caleb, thank you so much for praying. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Inspiring words from Caleb Worcester. Instagram, go there and at uh, Caleb underscore 921, W921. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Christ. Go to drdanny.live for more resources and to reach family and friends, more resources there. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major podcast platforms. Psalm 88, verse 1, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart to hear your name. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Caleb Worcester at Caleb underscore W921. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shina Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.